Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Ben Hall. Those of you pondering what a Donald Trump presidency will mean for the world were given a glimpse earlier this month of the potential upheaval to come. The Financial Times revealed that Mr. Trump took a telephone call from Tsai Ing-wen, the president of Taiwan, the first official communication between a US president or president-elect and a Taiwanese leader since 1979. In the storm that ensued, Mr. Trump used Twitter to slam Beijing over its militarization of man-made islands in the South China Sea and for allegedly manipulating its currency for commercial advantage. In a follow-up interview, he suggested he might ditch US adherence to the one-China policy altogether and said he didn't want Beijing dictating to me. The Chinese government hit back, saying if Mr Trump ditched the bedrock of bilateral relations, it would break off all ties. Mr Trump has promised to be a disruptor of world affairs, questioning the principle of collective defence underpinning NATO, security ties with Japan and South Korea, and the Paris climate deal. To many, this was campaign bluster, albeit alarming to America's friends and allies. But Mr Trump's Taiwan foray suggests he really may shake things up with unforeseeable consequences. With me to discuss China-US relations are Dmitry Sevastopoulou, our Washington bureau chief, and James King, our emerging markets editor and former Beijing bureau chief. James, could I start with you? Just give us a brief rundown. What is the One China policy? The One China policy is something that China insists on. That's mainland China. And it says that there is only one China and Taiwan is part of China. The US has signed up to the One China policy. It was one of the bedrocks of the agreements that go right back to when Kissinger and Nixon were meeting the Chinese leadership at the time of Chairman Mao. Most other countries in the world also agree to the one China policy. So it really is kind of standard practice in diplomatic circles around the world. Dimitri, was this a deliberate provocation by Mr. Trump? Like many things with Mr. Trump, it's very murky. And he himself has said contradictory things. You know, he has said that he knew nothing about the call until hours before. His aides have said that this wasn't a spontaneous thing he did. It had been thought out for several weeks, and therefore he wasn't making policy on the fly. Mr. Trump has also said that although he had just taken the call and wasn't aware it was going to come till a few hours before, he said, well, why do we need one China policy, and why should we let China dictate to us what we do? So it's not clear. I mean, it seems to be that a lot of the Asia advisors around Donald Trump at the moment are very much pro-Taiwan And they see an opportunity in Trump, who likes to disrupt things, to pursue policies that they've been pushing to no avail for years through the Bush administration and the Obama administration. But I think until he's inaugurated and he actually starts to make formal policy, we're not really going to know whether this was something he just said, you know, off the cuff like he does, whether it's a part of a deliberate policy that will come down the pipeline or what's happening. So we've got another four or five weeks, I think, before we have a real hint as to what's going to happen. James, one of the points he made defending this call was, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it, that America isn't allowed to talk to the Taiwanese leadership, but it is allowed to send it billions of dollars of arms each year. He's got a point, hasn't he? 
Well, he has in a rational world, but we're not really talking about you know rational concepts of what's fair. We're talking about power politics, and for the Chinese leadership, as I mentioned, Taiwan is an inalienable part of Chinese territory, and it's something that is very widespread in terms of nationalist sentiment. I mean, your average Chinese person on the street believes this. And the government in Beijing often makes the point to people who ask about it that the people of China will not give the Chinese government any leeway to look soft on Taiwan. So what we're really dealing with here is not an issue of reason; it's an issue of China's aspiration to be regarded as a big player in the world, and its aspiration, therefore, to reclaim what it sees as its historical territories. So far, the reaction from Beijing has been. Stern, but not fury, not furious, and we've seen kind of outpourings of national anger on previous occasions at sort of slights towards Beijing. We haven't seen that yet. Is that because they're just biding their time? They think he may have blundered on this. What do you think is Beijing's thinking? I think it's a very good question. I think what we're likely to see now, and what we're just beginning to see, is really straight out of the Chinese playbook when it comes to this type of diplomatic issue. Probably China will launch now some sort of a phony war against the United States, and what I mean by that is that they will drop hints and they will use back channels to warn Trump that if he is intending to take China on, he will lose heavily. Already, we've seen some cancellations by senior Chinese officials of attendances at functions in the U.S. We've seen a veiled hint just this week that an unnamed U.S. car company may be engaging in so-called monopolistic pricing activities in China. That hint came out of the state-run Chinese media. I wouldn't be surprised if we see all kinds of other hints that China would move in in parts of the world where the U.S. is vulnerable. Think Iran, think North Korea, think the South China Sea, the Straits of Hormuz, the Indian Ocean. All of these pressure points that the U.S. has around the world, China is able to create problems in. And I'm not saying that China wants to. But it would be highly consistent with China's diplomatic playbook of the past if it was to just drop the hint to Trump and his administration that it is able to cause the U.S. real pain. Dimitri, if we assume that this stance on Taiwan by Mr. Trump was deliberate and planned and thought through, where does he go from here on China? Can you speculate for us? Because that's probably what we can do at this juncture. Well, I guess the first thing that would happen is if. Trump decided to follow through. Let's assume he's not using this as a bargaining chip to try and get deals with China on trade and other things. Let's say he's decided to change U.S. policy. He would come out and say the U.S. no longer abides by the One China policy, and that basically would be, from Beijing's perspective, as James said, would be opening war on China. And if he did that, that would have a whole raft of implications for. What is the most important bilateral relationship in the world? Everything from trade to economics to the South China Sea to how you tackle climate change to U.S. companies investing in China and vice versa. So it would be a very dramatic move. And the question people have to ask is: Is it worth taking that risk? And what does Trump gain by poking China in the eye like that? Over Taiwan, I mean, yes, some of his pro-Taiwan advisers will be very happy, but is that actually in the national interest of the U.S.? And I think that's one of the questions we will see being debated when he takes offices. You know, his Secretary of State, his Pentagon chief, 
his national security advisor. These people will presumably engage in a debate and will hopefully inform the eventual decision that Trump takes. But this is all fresh ground. We really don't know how Trump is going to run his administration and whether the way policy is traditionally debated and formed in an American government is going to be what we see from January 20th or not, or whether we're entering a completely new type of world. Could it be a sort of psychological device on Mr. Trump's part that it's just about shaking up preconceptions and just seeing how your adversary, as he might see China at the moment, see how they respond? Yes, it could be. And, you know, there's an advantage sometimes to being unpredictable. You keep people on their toes. They don't take you for granted. But it can also be very dangerous because you can do things that then provoke reactions from other countries that are then harder to undo. So it's possible that's what he's doing. If he's doing that after having thought through all of the possible consequences and decided it's worth taking that risk, that's one thing. But if he's just done it off the cuff because it's a fun thing to do and that's what Mr. Trump does, well, he might get away with that sometimes. And that's actually a pretty dangerous way to handle foreign policy for the world, I think. James, the Chinese leadership would probably hate unpredictability in Washington, wouldn't they? Absolutely. And I think regardless of where this goes in terms of the diplomatic back and forth and the final agreements on issues that we can't even conjecture at the moment, I think this has already had a very significant impact in the way that the policy nexus works. The Chinese leadership was already reeling from Brexit, and now it is reeling once again from the election of President-elect Trump. And what I mean by that is that China, above all, prizes predictability and stability in its interlocutors and trading partners around the world. And what it really fears is Western democracy spinning out of control. In other words, the people overturning the will of the government, as they certainly think happened here in the UK in Brexit. And it makes China, I think, recalibrate the strength of its relationships with the entire Western world. And I think that is what is going on at a deep level right now in Beijing. I don't know whether expressions of this policy will be seen immediately, but I think they probably will be over the next several years. I think we can all look forward to the first summit between Donald Trump and President Xi Jinping. World Weekly is produced by Fiona Simon. Until next week, goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.